Welcome to Welcome to the Hallwell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 2, Episode 22 of Charmed. Be careful what you witch for. Uh, Yeah. uh, This is, uh... It sure is. It sure is the French Stewart Genie episode of Charmed. This is the season finale. Okay, you were saying that last week too. You were saying like why why is the French Stewart Genie episode the finale? But I feel like a lot of stuff is kind of getting shadow retconned here. This is like a stealth repilot and it is in fact written by Brad Kern. Uh, you, so, you think we're officially seeing the reins of power being passed from Constance M. Burge's hands into his? I think they're being, like, forcefully grabbed here. Like, Constance M. Burge is still at the reins, but he, like, is on the horse next to hers, and he, like, has the reins in his hand, and the horse is all wobbly. We're, uh, we're projecting a lot of narrative onto this behind-the-scenes drama, which... You know what? I'm going to just assume is entirely accurate. Of course. Yeah. Also, that's not a metaphor. They were actually on horses, I assume. <laughs> yeah. It's how Charmed was written back in the day. Now, this episode was directed by a first-time director to the Charmed crew. Mm. Um, wait, I'm not sure I'm saying this name right. Shannon Doherty? Weird. Yeah. Has this... Uh, director gone on to do anything since i don't know I, i'm not really seeing a lot on her imdb i, I think it might have just been this one episode mm, mm. yeah seriously though usually especially if it's your first time directing you kind of get written out of the episode yeah and in a way she did and it messes up the story not to get ahead of ourselves here but the story that she goes through doesn't make a lot of sense. It makes more sense if Phoebe is going through her story. It should have been Phoebe. We'll get into it. I, I just really feel like they switched it up at the last minute so that Shannon Doherty would be off screen more and more able to direct. I guess. It would have made more sense if she was directing the Apocalypse episode because she was just a ball of CG goo for most of that. Right? Huh. <sighs> Well, like I said last week, when we because last week I did say that she's directing this episode. Mm. She was probably prepping stuff last week. Yeah. So let's get started. We are, I feel like we're, this is the first time we're seeing like the underworld as we will see it for the rest of the show as like a cave that's mm. full of cloaked dudes. Have we seen that before? I feel like we saw that in the When Bad Warlocks Go Good episode. I feel like we saw the demons in the underworld. Did we? I thought maybe the thing with Tempest might have been in the underworld, but... I don't think that was. I don't know. But we open in the underworld for one of, I think, the first times, considering what a standby of the show it is later. And by the underworld, you mean the basement cave set that is the underworld here in Charmed Verse. So... This is the triad, right? I'm pretty sure it's the triad. They're not called that here. Right, they're just called the council. Oof. Oh, oh, if we're going to talk about names, though, this is the council, and also they are interrogating the dragon warlock, which I feel like is a rank. Well, it's a family thing. He says... He says he comes from a long line of dragon warlocks. Yeah. And... He's a dragon warlock because he can also breathe fire and fly like dragons. Yeah. 
I like that the flight is explicitly a gift from his father, but I guess the fire breathing is just part of being a dragon warlock. Maybe they all interbreed, like the like the dragon people in uh, Game of Thrones. Ugh. Yeah, so maybe his mother was also a dragon warlock. There are no female warlocks, are there? No, I think if you're uh, if you're a woman, you're just a bad witch, which is weird because witches are a distinctive thing from warlocks. And we do have male witches. Yeah, a lot later. Hmm. I guess, and we have female demons, but I I don't I don't think we have any female warlocks. I think. Yeah. Huh. That's weird. It is. I feel like women are just as capable of stabbing other women to steal their powers. Right. It's 2021. Women can be warlocks. I'm going to write an angry letter to New Charmed, which I'm sure they're going to ignore because New Charmed has their own problems. I'm going to write an angry fix-it fic about a bunch of female warlocks who are, you know, doing all the real warlocking while the other warlocks are taking the credit. And then they get blown up by Piper. I was actually going to have them succeed in killing the Charmed ones. Oh, so we're going real, uh... Yeah, real AU. Oh, oh, and then they take the place of the Charmed Ones and nobody knows, and that's why, that's why the Charmed weird... Ones are basically evil in the second half of the show. Yes, exactly. There you go. That's what happens. I don't know if I'm being overly critical with the direction in this episode because I know that it's done by Shannon Doherty, but what is happening with the direction in this episode? Okay, so uh, as I stated earlier, we open on three guys in cloaks in a cave somewhere, and there's a lot of experimental camera work there's a lot of you know there's a circle track and there are lots of overlays fading into other overlays and you know we're trying to get a spooky vibe going here yeah it just looks like awkward family photos the hell edition because you're doing the thing where you have one shot superimposed over another shot as we're like swirling around the council yeah the dragon warlock guy's like hey you should let me kill the charmed ones i want to kill the charmed ones and the council are like we could have you kill the Charmed Ones, but wait, we have a much more annoying idea. I love how one of them's just holding a snake. You know when you're just hanging out in a cave with your bros holding a snake? How else would people know you were evil? I don't know, maybe, this is, this is the early 2000s, maybe he's trying to ape a Britney Spears thing. Oh, there you go, there you go. I wonder if she and that snake are still in contact. I have no response to that statement. So. So genies. Yes. The, uh, the non-snake having council member is like, ah, but what if there was a non-dragon warlock way to kill the charmed ones? And he does a kind of slow motion snap and poof, it's, it's, it's French Stewart genie. Okay. It's like. I feel like it's supposed to be funny, right? It's supposed to be a record scratch funny thing where this is being shot very ominous and dark and then bam, it's Third Rock from the Sun's French Stewart. But it's not, like, the tone change isn't sharp enough for that to work. So instead, it just feels like French Stewart was given a different assignment than the rest of the episode instead of the juxtaposition being purposeful. And honestly, this is going to happen for the rest of the episode. There's a lot of stuff in this one that is too dark for the French Stewart genie episode. 
as a warning, there are some sexual assault themes later in the episode. So if that's something you don't feel like you can handle, you might want to skip this one. And we'll give you a warning when we get to that scene as well. I feel like we move away from that a little more. We're starting, this is definitely the beginning of the denser and wackier seasons of Charmed, to steal a phrase from TV tropes. Mm -hmm. But like, we still have a little bit of that early show darkness, and that's kind of... That comes up later in this episode. Well, I have a real, real problem with the sexual assault scene from a plot standpoint, aside from the it's a gratuitous sexual assault. Aside from that, I have a real plot issue with it, and I feel like that is the result of Brad Kern being the one at the helm, right? Brad Kern is trying to do a serious Constant Ember style scene, and he's like... This is this is what serious women scenes are, right? We'll get into it later in the episode. So the dragon warlock is kind of honked off that instead of just having him fireball the charmed ones to death, they're calling in a genie and he's like, genies aren't even evil, come on! And they're like, ah, but they are dicks. And <laughs> Yeah, so it turns out basically the deal with genies are all of their wishes are ironically granted and... That's how they're going to destroy the witches, by giving them a genie who will ironically grant their wishes. Also, we learn that genies become free when they have granted those three wishes. Mm-hmm. So why is, are we not just overrun with free genies, like, wandering around? Like, how how terrible a genie do you have to be that you're... Or, or maybe he's really a good he's really good at what he does and everybody dies on the first wish. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, 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 I don't get it. And he can apparently control whether ironic stuff happens. That's apparently within his power. He has the ability to grant wishes with discretion. But I also I I wanna it's this show, right, where later on we're going to see another genie who says that he's not an ironic genie. He's he's a straightforward genie who gets a commission on whether or not people are happy with the wishes he grants. Or did that happen in Once Upon a Time? Or a third show that I don't remember. It might be a different show. I know they have at least one more genie episode, but it's a, it's a woman genie and somehow Alyssa Milano ends up in a sexy I Dream of Genie outfit. Right, yeah, that, I remember that. That's different from her French stripper ghost outfit, because this show just goes off the rails after a certain point. And different from her Cinderella outfit, which I only bring up because it is the worst outfit in the entire series, in my opinion, as far as the difference between what it was going for and what it was. Oh, I thought you were going to mention her sexy mummy outfit. No, no, because... The Cinderella one is just so far away from what it was going for. Every other terrible outfit was just, you know, what she wanted to be wearing that day. I don't know. I think the mummy thing might have been a, someone's fetish situation. I mean, we are entering someone fetish land as soon as Brad Kern has full control of the horse. You remember the episode where there's, like, a doll maker who, like, shrinks them and then turns them into dolls? Yes, I very much remember that episode. And he's got just, like, this whole row in, like, a cabinet of women he's turned into dolls. It's like, 
I don't know. I mean, I guess that could be an actual thing, but it really, really just feels like someone was working through some stuff there. Oh, I was going to say, that is an actual fetish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you meant, you meant like, it could actually be, like, a magical thing. Yeah, like, it could be a plot in, like, a fairy tale story, but honestly, it kind of feels like it's more like someone was like, huh, I have the ability to make this idea come to life, Ugh. as it were. There's a really fine line with that sort of thing. It's like, I guess if you're subtle, it's not the worst thing in the world. But when it's really obvious that it's someone in the writer's room just trying to play something out, you're like, eh, I don't want to be involved in this dude. I mean, I don't have as much of a problem with it. I, I My big problem is that... It doesn't make for good episodes. It doesn't make for good episodes. And especially because this show could have been... A real in-depth exploration of, like, sisterhood, and instead, like... Magic, and, you know... Right. But instead, it's like, what if we put them in sexy superhero outfits, or what if they dressed like gladiators, or... Oh, oh yeah, you, you mean the episode where Piper gets mind-wiped and then reprogrammed into being a sexy Amazon, and her sisters have to become other sexy Amazons to save her from mind control yeah that's exactly what i mean that one was a two-parter like we are we're, we have we have so much ahead of us let's finish up season two <laughs> yes so the council's council slash triad i'm just gonna call them the triad that's what they are later in the show mm-hmm. the triad's like look we've sent a lot of powerful warlocks after the charmed ones and they all got blown up by the way we're responsible for a lot of stuff that happened apparently that was us oh yeah it was all the triad Secretly behind the scenes. But look, every powerful warlock we've sent has been blown up, so this time we're going to be subtle. And when you think of subtle, you think of French goddamn Stewart. Oof. So. Back at the manor. Back at the manor, Phoebe has been injured in an off-screen fight with some kind of demon. Yeah, she just calls it the beast. She she sprained her ankle kickboxing this beast when she was just shopping and minding her own business and she was randomly attacked and i really feel like Alyssa milano actually hurt her ankle even with all the flying stunts it feels like they just kind of had her lying down on a green screen (sighs) i don't know i think i think this was an excuse to do the flying i maybe maybe but the thing here that gets me is that she's confused and outraged that a demon randomly attacked her and they're talking about like wait is there a bigger thing behind all of the demons who attack us and leo's like well you know as a white lighter i can tell you that the powers that be do have a plan and this is part of what makes it feel like a repilot i'm like is this your first day is this all of your first days? Yeah, you've been fighting demons for almost two years at this point, and just now you're going like, but wait, do, what are the demons trying to do? Is there a greater plan here? Which seems very bizarre, especially because last episode, the Apocalypse episode, they established that, yes, there is a hierarchy of evil, and demons are lower on the food chain than say the source of all evil who theoretically should be beyond he should be the source yes but mm-hmm. and and that there are instances where good and evil will work together because we're just 
pieces on their chessboard. Yeah, it seems weird that they're suddenly confused about the fact that, I don't know... There are demons? There are demons, which... What? You've been doing this for so long, it's very bizarre to bring up now, but... Also confusing to me... Mm-hmm. Leo is massaging Phoebe's injured ankle. Why isn't he just healing her? Yeah, it's literally your job as a white lighter, Leo. It's not even one of those things where, oh, I can only heal injuries that were, you know, uh, that were obtained during the battle against evil. She, she she fought a demon and she hurt her ankle. This is prime healing territory. Well, okay, we don't see it. Mm-hmm. It happened off screen. Maybe it was just some guy and nobody wants to tell Phoebe that it was just some guy who was innocently walking down the road and she got confused. And so that's why Leo can't heal her and, and that's why nobody's saying anything about it. Is, is, is that why Phoebe was able to vanquish a demon on her own? She just kicks some guy to death? And I mean, maybe not to death. <laughs> Daryl's like, I'm just going to cover it up, whatever. Ugh. Piper, meanwhile, is nervous because Dan is back in town, and as she tells Leo the last time he was in town, he told her that Leo actually died in the 40s at war. And I'm like, okay, well, Piper, your answer is obvious. You say, what do you think that means? Because what could he possibly think that means? Or you could say, hey, Dan, get the fuck out of my house. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's an option, too. But she's like, how am I going to explain this to him? And I'm like, I don't know. What do you think he thinks? Also, you literally don't need to explain it to him. You two are not dating. I know you said you'd stay friends, but that was an obvious lie. Like, come on. Meanwhile, Prue is getting ready for her date with a guy we have never seen before named Dick. That's hilarious yeah because he's not that great a guy but sometimes you just need some dick and i'm like no one's impressed with your jokes writers you're the ones who named him yeah well i i didn't watch supernatural past season three but apparently one of the big bads and like one of the later seasons is named dick and it's just all that all season Ugh. and it's like that's not that funny i've made my fair share of dick Grayson jokes, but like, eh. sometimes people have names that are also genitals. It happens. I feel like Leo's just being such a dick because he's helping Phoebe. Like, Phoebe's trying to get up and get out of the room, and he's kind of, you know, giving her a boost. And I'm like, dude, heal her, my God. <laughs> no, this really goes to my it was just some random guy theory. So the doorbell rings and the girls answer the door and they have been delivered an urn. I, I like that it's an urn, that they didn't go with the standard genie lamp where it would have been like, who's who's going to... Who's going to use one of... Who's going to see this and not think, oh, genie? Okay, you know what? I, I stopped talking mid-sentence because if someone gave me a, a, a genie-shaped oil lamp, because that's what those are, those are oil lamps... If someone gave me an oil lamp that was shaped like that, I would immediately rub it to see if a genie came out. Mm. That, that is exactly what I, the first thing I would do. I would, I think it would have been hilarious if they had just sent them like a regular lamp. Like, oh, like a table lamp? Yeah, like a table lamp. <laughs> I think that would have been funny, but that's just me. Not to script Doctor 20 plus years after the fact. But no, it is an urn. A dusty urn that Phoebe immediately leans over and wipes the dust from. 
and French Stewart appears in a puff of smoke, and he's like, I bet you weren't expecting me, huh, audience? Oh, God. We're, except we've already seen him. We've already seen... Uh, it feels like that bit was just entirely for the trailer. Oh, it definitely was. Uh, I. It's weird, too. He does, like, a... He does, like, Buffy speak. He's like, your wishes, my commands. Yeah. Like, like fake Buffy speak, like amateur hour Buffy speak. And then we go to credits. You know, I wouldn't mind being a genie. It seems like it would be at least moderately fun as far as supernatural creatures. I don't know. I think it depends on a lot of factors. Like, what is it like inside the lamp? Mm. If it's like, if it's like Barbara Eden's lamp, where it's like all plush and cool and you have access to entertainment. Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yes. Does the lamp have Wi-Fi is my most <laughs> important question. Also, uh, no, the, the whole like genies are enslaved thing is never going to be fun. I need, I need a genie lore where there's more, more flexibility. I mean, it would be a thing if it was, like, part of the gig. Like, you can give up being a genie anytime, but then you're not immortal and you don't have the power of the wish anymore. Right, if you're just if you're just bound to it in order to have the powers. And, like, uh, like you're uh, Anya, right? Like, well, oh, okay. We, we came around, but I really want is to just be a wish demon. That's, I want to be a vengeance demon like Anya. That's that's where I am. Okay, all right, got it. I'm, I'm, I'm settled on where I am. Excuse me, they prefer the term justice demon. <laughs> I would, yeah. I mean, I would love to hang out with Halfrick, honestly. I mean, honestly, if I was choosing any magical demonic creature to be, it would absolutely be a wish demon, a vengeance demon, a justice demon. You know, you'd have to work for Dehoffrin, though. I mean, like... He's a dick, but lots of bosses are dicks. Like, I'm very lucky that my boss at my day job is awesome, but I've worked for some real dickish bosses. You just deal. I mean, and honestly, it's, he, it feels like, obviously not for Halfrick, but in general, as long as you're, you know, supplying the vengeance, he really doesn't care what you do with your time. Right, he's not a micromanager, and I like that in a boss. It was kind of a super dick move of his, too. I mean, I get why he did it, but, you know, like, he wouldn't help Anya get her powers back after she lost them. Uh -huh. in, in the first episode she appeared in and he just waited until she got left at the altar and then he's like you know what i can and will give you your powers back i mean that's on brand for him it is he is a dick but yeah charmed so we have another really long san francisco opening what did you think of this song it was weird it feels like a uh like a fake, like a fake song that you would hear in like a video game where they put like Sims Two had radio stations that had like fake Simish songs that were supposed to sound like different things. Yeah, it, this seems like a song that would be on like the Simish college radio station. Yeah, it, it sounds to me like the sort of thing you'd buy as like part of a pack of songs for low budget TV shows. But I'm not a music person. I mean, this may well be like a legit famous song that I just don't know about because i don't listen to a lot of music if it was i'd assume that it would be like a liz fair situation where it's a artist who is almost exclusively like indie weird stuff trying to move into more mainstream pop because mm. i feel like this is the sort of sound you get when 
they're trying to kind of transition out of being it sounds like it's trying to be mainstream yeah i mean liz fair was successful with that until she wasn't yeah anyway back at the manor french steward is like hey don't look a gift genie in the mouth you rubbed and now i serve yeah it's, it's like the dick joke right it's like what are we doing here what are we doing here, man? Like, you and I are not immune from making terrible juvenile jokes, but that's <laughs> yep. why nobody puts us in a writer's room. Yeah. Even though the shows would be much better if they did. Mm. So, French Stewart immediately goes over to the counter and he picks up a piece of food and he's like, Oh, you don't know how lucky you are to have taste buds. I would do anything to just eat food. And Piper's like, Okay, we're going to have a conversation away from you because... <laughs> Okay, so I don't actually, I feel like you had an issue with the genies can't eat thing, but I had no issue with that. It's kind of laying the groundwork for the Charisma Carpenter demon thing, where it's like demons don't feel anything, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, we see Paige torture them later, so we're assuming they have at least some feelings, but I don't know. I... I feel like genie hood has to be imposed on people. I, I don't know. It just, it doesn't seem like there's a benefit to it, really. And they're they're not evil. It seems weird that they would have this kind of gap. Okay, so I, I'm glad, I'm glad that you just said that they're not evil. Because Leo actually says that they're tricksters. And that's a thing that is lacking in like christian western religion is the concept of a trickster a thing that is not good or evil that is just you know there tricksy right (laughs) so yeah you're right he's not evil he's not good he's not evil he's just a trickster i mean the closest thing sorry yeah go on the closest thing we have is really like folk tales about fairies and even then, we still try to split up, well, this fairy is good and this fairy is evil. It's like, no, they're just all fairies. Like, that's well, the deal. They have their own separate set of morality, which I feel like is kind of different from tricksters because... Well, that's why I said they're the closest thing that we have kind of in our... Well, I think probably the Boy Jack stories. Mm, yeah, yeah, that works. But that's like a juvenile thing. Like... Mm-hmm. Jack is allowed to be tricky in his stories because he's a for kid. children. Yeah. Yes, he is a kid. The stories are for children, or at least we tell them to children. Yeah. And then when you grow up, then you just use violence to solve your problems, like an adult. So Leo tells them that, as you said, genies are not good nor evil, but there's if you you know use their wishes they tend to bite you in the ass so it's probably better to just not look there's a lot of explanation here and it's just like didn't everyone have to read the monkey's paw in sophomore english like this shouldn't this isn't that hard to grasp this is a very very established trope also i think it's interesting that the genie is bound to grant three wishes not each person gets three wishes Hmm. so each sister gets a wish huh yeah. I wonder if he was just given to the sisters as, like, a whole. So, theoretically, if Shannon Doherty had made two wishes. I was wondering that as well. Yeah. Although. Although, we'll talk f- about what a wish is. I'm so angry. I mean, I'm so angry at that. We'll get there. Oh, deep breaths. It's going to be a big episode for comparing stuff to vengeance demons, isn't it? Yeah, I think it might be. I think it might be. 
oh man, now I'm rewriting this episode in my head with with uh, Emma Caulfield instead of French Stewart, and it would be so much better. So French Stewart tells them that he's not going to leave until the wishes are granted, so they might as well, you know, make some wishes, and they're like, yeah, whatever. Okay, everyone, go do your own things. Phoebe, since you're injured, you stay with the mysterious magical creature that was sent to us by strangers. I do kind of like that he tells them that until they make the wishes, he's going to be a terrible house guest. Mm. Specifically because one of the things he says he's going to do as a terrible house guest is use their CDs and then put them back in the wrong cases. (laughs) And that's the kind of, like, pettiness. Like, if I was a vengeance demon... I can see that being a vengeance I would enact on some guy who really deserved it. You know, some, like, some, like, audiophile jackass who had just really condescended to his girlfriend when she broke up with him about how terrible her music taste was. So now every time he looks for a CD, it's, like, in the wrong case. Well, you know, you don't get discretion for that sort of thing. You have to... I guess you could suggest it to the girl. I feel like that is kind of part of... Oh, yeah, yeah. That that is part of the, uh... Yeah, I would I would suggest that as like an ironic punishment, you know, when we were at the bar drinking and talking about how terrible he was, and then she'd be don't like, "Don't you wish?" She'd be like, "Oh yeah, I wish I could do that," and then I'd be like, "Okay, there we go." So you'd go all Anya with it then, and you'd do the the men thing. I I think I'd be more of a general purpose vengeance demon. I I think I would definitely I I would you know I'd do my share of of burned women, but I I can see going Halfrick's way too because I think, oh my god. I was reading Dear Prudence this morning mm-hmm. on Slate, and oh wait, no, sorry, it wasn't Dear Prudence. It was Karen feeding a different, uh, a different advice column on Slate, but that one's specifically about parenting. And a girl, like a fourteen-year-old girl, had written in because she gained weight, so her mom took away all her clothes and is only giving her like her dad's old T-shirts and sweats to wear until she loses weight. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. If I was a vengeance demon, believe me, I would be at that house. Right now, we would not be recording today. So, you know, it'd be more of an all-purpose vengeance demon. Uh, you know, I, I bet De Hoffren would be okay with that. I, I feel like he doesn't... I feel like vengeance demons each kind of end up settling into their own things, but I feel like you don't have, like, assignments like that. Well, I mean, it's like, at my day job, there's an... There's an aspect to my job that I've kind of settled into the, like, by default person who does this, because it's... I, you know, I'm I'm good at it, I've been interested in it, I've done a lot of them. But I do everything. Hmm. It, it's like that, I think, right? Charms. I'd have an aptitude for a certain kind of vengeance. Yes. So, Phoebe's going to babysit the genie, uh, Prue is going to go on her date with Dick, and Piper and Leo are going to find someone to kill Dan. <laughs> oh, oh my god. We are spending so much time explaining the monkey's paw situation to them. It's not that difficult. Yeah. So, yeah, Leo really doesn't trust the Charmed Ones. Because he he explains the whole thing multiple times. Okay, so you know how I have talked about how Leo annoys me, but he hasn't really done a lot of the things that annoy me yet? Mm -hmm. I feel like what's going to happen is... Leo is going to start to become like a stand-in for Brad Kern, right? It's Brad Kern who doesn't trust that these three girls would understand the concept of ironic wishes. Also, Phoebe says when they leave them, you know, when they leave French Stewart behind with Phoebe, she's like, 
Yeah, I'm in, I'm in a bad mood. I don't feel like wishing anyway. That's when you are the most susceptible to wishing. <laughs> what is even going on in this script? People who are in bad moods never want stuff. I don't... Why would an unhappy person wish for something? So, Prue goes out on her date with Dick, who is a guy I thought was somebody but isn't, I guess. No, he, he kind of looks like a... It, it's weird because I, I suspect that this actor gets sent out on, like, the attractive guy roles. You know, like, the, the attractive boyfriend mm-hmm. kind of jobs. He's, he's even got, like, a giant chin dimple, right? But yeah. they schlubbed him up by putting him in a short-sleeved business shirt with a tie, Dwight Schrute style. And he's kind of, like, sitting with his shoulders, like, right up to his ears. Like, he's slouching down. And then he's acting all, like, schlubby, like... I don't know, I like this place because it's near my office. He's affecting, affecting a schlubby voice. And uh, he just keeps on saying, like, the pasta's good, salad's good, fish is good, steak's good. And Chan and Doherty sing, they're like, he says, this is really the uh, part of the episode I got to work with, huh? Okay. Okay, then. What? Why? Why would you why would you do this? Do you, you know what you know what the number one relationship killer is? What? Contempt. Like seriously, it, when you start to feel contempt for the person you're with, that's the thing that kills a relationship. And like Prue is starting out there. Like where, where are we going from here? Why are you how did you even meet this guy? Why are you dating this guy that you hate? So Backtracking to way earlier in this episode, speaking of very, very specific interests, a tiny French steward bamfs on top of Dick's menu <laughs> and then jumps into his open mouth. Okay, I. we need to express, we need to express to our listening audience, since this is not a visual medium, mm-hmm. how terrible... The CGI is in this episode. And and I'm afraid that by ever mentioning bad CGI on this show, we we have set the expectation that, well, that's what we mean when we mean bad CGI. No. No. This is terrible. Like, no. It's ambitious. It's it, it was it was very ambitious of them. I feel like uh, uh, there's a lot of green screen work. This was a heavy, heavy green screen episode. Yeah, it was. So by shrinking down and jumping into Dick's mouth, French Stewart Genie can possess him. Yep, he possesses. He possesses this guy, and and by the way, while he's inside of this guy, he's able to taste now. So he just starts eating butter pats whole because they're delicious. This guy has kind of a Ryan Reynolds-y quality to him. Oh, he does. Yeah. Because I feel like he's, like, the funny, attractive guy. I mean, we're not seeing it in this episode, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he feels like he gets cast as a lot of supporting characters as boyfriends in sitcoms. Mm, yeah. Yeah. He's doing a weird thing here where he's trying to imitate French Stewart, which makes sense, right? Like, the actor is doing his best to imitate French Stewart. And he's like... Hey, I'm terrible. Why are you dating me? And <laughs> Shannon Doherty Prue is like, I don't know. I feel obligated to date because, you know, I am 
25 and therefore basically an old maid at this point and if i don't find love i might die alone when a wind demon blows me through a wall a year from now yeah i was gonna quote uh unbreakable kimmy schmidt here oh prue age doesn't mean anything you could die at any time she just wishes that falling in love could feel like it did when she was young and French Stewart Dick Genie is like, yeah, I can twist that. Bamf. Uh, that's quite. It's quite a pretzel of a twist there, right? Like. Okay, I know I've brought this up in. Actually, I think it was our Once Upon a Time podcast when we were dealing with genies then. But it just makes me think of the third Wishmaster movie. Uh huh. Which is about an evil genie who kills people, and there's a bit where he's chasing a girl, and. Uh, she's like, oh, I wish I had somewhere to hide. And he's like, aha. And he, he uses that wish to shove her into the, shove her head into a cage full of rats that eat her head. And I'm like, it's not really a place to hide. Like, it feels like you're taking a lot of liberties with that wish, but okay. Meanwhile, up in the attic of the Hallowell Manor, Phoebe's looking for information about genies in the book, and French Stewart Genie is all like, hey, can I entice you? What do you want? Money? Girls? One particular girl? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it has that real feel. I'm kind of surprised I don't think Charmed ever did a giant plant episode. Or like an evil plant demon episode. I'm shocked that uh brad kern resisted the urge to create an episode called little shop of horrors god because that just seems like the kind of thing he would do doesn't it Ugh. but i mean like it's an easy enough premise right okay like there's a warlock who makes an evil sexy plant lady and then she kills him but then she's gonna kill the charmed ones because she needs charmed power to not die when winter comes or whatever yeah, she's, like, wilting and she needs to freeze time, so she needs Piper's power. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> we're, we are so, You know, a lot of times when we're not into an episode, we'll, like, pitch our rewrites as we're going as a way to avoid talking about the episode. You literally just pitched an entirely <laughs> different episode that in no way connects to this episode to avoid talking about the French Stewart Genie episode. So... I, I do, I'm going to stop mentioning this pretty soon, but I do appreciate that Phoebe is once again wearing her glasses because continuity! Yay! Although I feel like she's wearing kind of thicker rim, sexier glasses. And I think those are the same glasses she's been wearing the whole time. They, mm. they look the same to me. So French Stewart Genie does a really good job sniffing out Phoebe's insecurities because he's like, so, it smells like you think you have a superpower that totally sucks and you wish you had one that, you know didn't suck right because you got injured whereas your sisters definitely wouldn't have gotten injured fighting Mm. and she's like no premonition's a cool power there are long speeches about how awesome it is every other episode yeah you know something's awesome when people in the show have to keep saying how awesome it is (laughs) so back at p3 piper kind of sums up why her relationship with leo is creepy yeah okay she's like You've been watching me my entire life, and I don't even know where you spend yours. I don't really know that much about you, Leo. And it's like, 
I would be creeped out. I would be creeped out if someone had been watching me my entire life and then tried to date me. That would be creepy. This is definitely like an age gap red flag. He had sex with Grams, probably. Okay, but then Dan, on, I also hate Dan, because then Dan comes in. First of all, did she just not lock the door? Uh, whatever, whatever. Dan comes in and he's like, oh, you're here with Leo. I guess I should go. And it's like, yeah, she's here with Leo, her boyfriend. You're not her boyfriend. You, you thought you would give her a piece of paper that said, hey, Leo died in 1942. And she'd be like, oh, my God, I must dump him. What? I have to dump him and get back together with you. Why would you even want to date her at that point? And you know what? She's like, you know what, Dan? I do know what Leo's deal is, and it's not your business, and go. And Dan's like, I can't believe you knew Leo's deal the whole time. Do you know how much time I spent researching Leo? You know how much time and effort I spent, which... How dare you already know your boyfriend's secrets when I spent so much time stalking him? Yeah, I don't think you're making the point you think you're making here, Dan. Uh, uh. But Leo comes out of the back and he's like, so, that was awkward. I'm glad you handled that on your own. <laughs> uh, and, and Piper's all, I just, I wish there was some way that Dan could just get over me. That he could move on. That he could move on with his life. And French Stewart Janie, who's been skulking around, is like, on it! Which I don't exactly see how either one of these, well, I guess the Prue one, but... I don't see how the uh, Piper one would exactly get rid of the Charmed Ones. It would get rid of Dan, but... Right? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, if the idea was to twist them so that the Charmed Ones are killed, I maybe would have taken a pass on doing a, oh, I heard you say the word wish on that one and wait until she said something that I could twist into a thing that would have stolen her powers. Like he did with Prue. We'll get to that, but the way he twisted Prue's wish involves stealing her power. Honestly, he probably could have done a we'll talk about Phoebe's thing as soon as we get to it, because oh, that is... Oh, I'm so head up about that. I'm so mad. That's two wishes down. Prue wishes that love could be like it was when she was young again. And Piper wishes that Dan could just move on with his life. Now it's time for Phoebe's wish. Phoebe is at the manor reading and French Stewart Jeannie like bamps next to her and she's like, go away. And he's like, do you wish I'd go away? And she's like, no. So there's specifically nothing about genies in the Book of Shadows because they're not evil. I'm like, there's a lot of non-evil stuff in the Book of Shadows. Yeah, it's not... It's not an index of demons. Although it might as well be if we're talking about personal gain, but... So the French Stewart genie is like, hey, uh, I know I just kicked your leg, making it hurt, so... uh, To demonstrate how weak and useless you are without an active power. So maybe I can make you feel better by sexily rubbing it. No wishes involved. And she's like, all right, fine. I guess I'll have sex with French Stewart genie. And he's like, yeah, I can't really do that as a genie. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to about being human, because once I cast, once I get my three wish punch card filled out, uh, then I will become human, and once I am human, I can't be tricked by demons anymore, and also I can, like, doink. I can doink and eat food once I am a human person, things I cannot do as a genie. Okay, so I'm just going to throw out here, 
what their last wish should have been to make everything kind of get fixed. Mm-hmm. They should have wished him a human immediately. Like, as soon as he started being all like, oh, I wish I was human, they, they should have just done that. I wish you were human, right? Then he can't grant any more wishes. He can't twist anything. He's human. Mm. It's also weird because after he grants the three wishes, the demons can still find him. Cause... Well, because once he grants the three wishes, he's still a genie. He just doesn't have powers anymore? Yeah. Okay, but he he's eating food. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this episode just wasn't particularly well written. So, Phoebe says, Yeah, you know, I'd love an active power, but what can you do? And... And French Stewart G says, Eh, close enough. That is not close enough! Not to go back to the Buffy well again. Or hell, the Disney well. With vengeance demons and with the genie from Aladdin, you literally had to say the words, I wish. But even if she hadn't said the words, I wish, even if she had just said, I want an active power, and he'd been like, ah, a wish, okay. But this this wasn't even really expressing a desire. She just said she would like it if it happened, but... Like, it would be nice to have an active power. But, but that there's nothing to be done about it. Like, that's... Mm, no. Mm-mm. It's more Mm-mm. resignation to not having something. I call foul. I call foul. Also, I feel like it would have made more sense if he had swapped her power with the, 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 with the dragon warlock. No, because we need to... She needs to get the lesson that premonition is actually very cool. Does she? It really feels like she should have learned that lesson by this point in the show. Also, she does kind of, she doesn't ditch it exactly, but once she gets other powers, I feel like, uh, Premonition doesn't fall by the wayside, but she also doesn't do any of the cool stuff with it she used to do. Is it weird, by the way, that the power he gives her is the power of levitation, which is the power she's going to get later? That is weird. I I was like, does she end up keeping it at the end? But I, she doesn't, Mm-mm. but I'm trying to think when she gets the levitation. Because I think Piper might be the last person to get an active power. Phoebe, you mean? No, uh, Piper. Because I know Piper gets... uh, The exploding doesn't happen until later? The exploding doesn't happen until, like, the 20th episode of season three. Oh, okay. Which is weird because it's such an iconic part of Piper's power set, but she gets it so late. Hmm. I guess it's just because she makes use of it a lot. Hmm. Well, it might have been because they were like, oh, Prue's out of the show, we need a new finisher. Yeah, it's true. Also, also, it is bizarre that Piper did not get a secondary power until that late in the show. Like, she doesn't get hers until late season three. I feel like Phoebe gets hers pretty early in season three, right? I mean, I also thought Piper got hers early in season three, I thought. But, I don't know. It's odd that Shannon Doherty, Prue got her secondary power relatively early, and the other two kind of don't get theirs until later. Yeah, it's weird for there to be, like, a whole season between all that. Huh. I mean, I'd feel kind of screwed if I was Piper in that situation, you know? Because Prue gets the astral projection thing, and then later Phoebe gets the uh, levitation thing. I'd be like, come on. Because I feel like Piper uses her powers way more than the others do. Oh, she definitely does, yeah. I think Phoebe would get hers last because she gets, like, what, one, two premonitions an episode? Right. Yeah, it should be developing because you're working with your powers. I honestly thought that's why Piper got the show-breaking power was because she built up so much 
witch energy or whatever. <laughs> witch energy. He's doing witch Pilates all the time. Uh, so anyway, Piper sees that Dan has put his house up for sale because he got a job offer in Portland. Boo. We don't want you here. Yeah. We don't want you in Portland, neighbor Dan. Why don't you move to, I don't know, I was going to say Seattle, but Crystal lives in Seattle. I don't want to wish neighbor Dan on Crystal. You, sh- you shouldn't want to wish at all. That is, you're right, you're right, that is the... Although apparently, literally any sentence could be a wish. So Piper goes over to talk to neighbor Dan, she's like, you're moving? And he's like, yeah, you know, I felt like it was time to move on with my life. And Piper's like, oh, that phrasing sounds kind of familiar. And then Prue comes home, and now she has braces and she doesn't remember anything past when she was 17, which is when she first felt love. But the rest of her body is still her body. It's just that she has braces. So it's and not bangs. Oh, I'm sorry. And bangs. So it's not just her mind. It's also her teeth and her hair. But that is still her 25-year-old face. Although maybe she's going back to her, uh, her 90210 roots. You mean because she's in her late 20s playing someone who's 17? Yeah. Yeah. And back in the house, Phoebe is stuck on the ceiling because, ruh-oh, she gots her an active power now. I feel like Shannon Doherty should have so much more, so many more questions about what's going on since she doesn't remember anything past 17. Yeah, she seems to buy the whole witch thing really fast, but she's like... Am I going to get superpowers when I'm an old hag, too? And Alyssa Milano's like, I'm going to get you so fired. <sighs> but Leo uses his seldom seen but established hovering power to go up to the ceiling and pull Phoebe down. Mm-hmm. God, white lighter power sets are kind of broken. Like, I guess they have to be at least pacifist adjacent. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the thing that keeps white lighters from breaking the show is that they can only use their powers under specific circumstances Mm. so i want to talk about why this doesn't work for prue yeah okay you you mentioned it earlier but i think the big problem with prue's plot this episode is that it really clearly was supposed to be phoebe or at least it would make way more sense if it were Phoebe. Yeah, apparently when she was 17, she was rebellious and out of control. Which we know was what Phoebe was like at that age. We knew Prue had to grow up way too fast because she needed to help Grams raise Piper and Phoebe. Also, we knew that, you know, Phoebe was bad when she was younger. And also that the whole, you know, quest for love, trying not to give up on love thing is Phoebe's jam. Yeah, yeah, this should definitely have been Phoebe's plot. Okay. And also, I, I feel like we do get a young Phoebe episode later, too, so. Yeah. Like, I think there's a high school reunion or something where she becomes her 17. I, I don't remember. And I have a, a really big problem with the idea that when Prue was 17, she went for the bad boys. The badder, the better. Hmm. So then the dragon warlock bursts into the house because his power's been stolen and he breathes fire at them and, you know, Piper freezes him and Phoebe flies him out the door because 
she she wants to experiment with her new power and the best time to do that is in a life or death situation well it's weird because she like flies him out and then just drops him into a river and it's like he came to your house from hell you think he can't get back from the river she well she just drops him on the ground in a park well it's like yeah it's like a creek stream in a in a park i I don't know. I don't know what her thought process there is. That solves that problem forever. Uh, whatever. So, I I do like the implication though when they talk about Prue always going for the bad boys. The implication that Graham's killed Prue's high school boyfriend. Well, this is another thing where I'm like, where it just feels really written by men. First of all, usually when nice guys tm are like oh women always want the bad boys it's because they're refusing to see the traits that make the so-called bad boys appealing Mm -hmm. um but prue sees a guy who's literally trying to murder her and her sisters and she's like "Ooh, hot yeah that's not what anything no this is this is insulting to like all women and all witches and honestly, I feel pretty bad for all Brads who aren't Brad Kern, because this is just, this is just some terrible writing. He's painting you all as terrible writers. So, Phoebe is comedically flying outside the window of the attic while Piper's like, okay, so, as we learned last episode, we need to look up, you know, the thing that we're trying to vanquish before we vanquish it, or else one of our sisters becomes a floating CGI blob for most of the episode, so... Mm-hmm. What's what's this guy's deal? And Leo's like dragon warlock, long line of guys that can like breathe fire and fly, and they're really strong. And a third thing, I guess that's four things, but <laughs> you know, basic dragon stuff. But they just look like dudes because we're not doing you know makeup or CGI anymore in this show. From now on, all monsters are just gonna look like guys wearing black clothes. Yeah. So. We do know that we need the power of three to feed him. And we also know that getting the genie back in the bottle will undo all of his the wishes he granted. Okay. Okay. So they need the power of three to vanquish this dragon warlock. Which I feel like warlocks aren't the sort of thing you should need the power of three uh. for. But, I mean, I guess they needed it for Jeremy. But... So, they need the power of three. Prue no longer has the power of three because she's 17 now, mm-hmm. which was when Grams had their powers bound. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if she's just in her 17-year-old body, then that would still have the spell on it. I guess. Yeah. Like, it's... Of, of all the things in this episode, I'll, I'll let that one pass. Hmm. So they're like, okay, we need to find the French Stuart genie in order to get Prue her powers back. Now, what sets have we already used this episode? Yeah, let's go back to the restaurant where Prue was having her date. And that's the restaurant that French Stuart genie immediately went to to experience food, even though the thing that we were explicitly told about that restaurant is that it was only okay. Like, it was as blah as the guy Prue was dating. Maybe you need to sort of phase into it. Oh, yeah, I guess so. So he's ordered everything on the menu so that he can try everything. Mm -hmm. I respect that. Piper freezes the whole restaurant. She's like, okay, buddy, so we're going to need you to undo some stuff or 
I'm going to stick my high heel so high up your urethra that insert end of joke here. And he's like, hey, you all got what you wanted. I, I, I fail to see how I am the bad guy here. And Piper's like, Prue's 17. And he was like, I'm sure there are lots of women who would love to be 17 again, written by Brad Curran. <laughs> also, he is surprised that the dragon warlock found them so quickly, thus establishing that he is working with them. Yeah. He explains that he had, he was hired for this gig by these guys called the council, need the triad. And they uh, they got him and they got the dragon warlock as part of a two-pronged approach to get rid of the charmed ones. And uh, then he gets bamfed away, but evil bamfed away. Yeah, they grab him and he disappears. And Piper's like, I thought you said he didn't have powers. And Leo's like, yeah, someone took him. He didn't go. He was taken. And then we fish islands our way back into the underworld. Okay, so I see now that we're only getting weird shots when we're in the underworld, so that's definitely they were going for a thing there, but I'm still not a fan of it. So now they're going all Judge Judy on French Stewart Genie because the Dragon Warlock's honked off that he took the Dragon Warlock's ability to fly. I think his name's Drago or Drake or something. They He took it from... I'm just going to call him Drake. He took it from Drake and he gave it to Phoebe and the guy's like, I'm taking you to Demon Small Claims Court. <laughs> that power was a gift from my dad, which I just assume all true. of his powers would be. Okay, so French Stewart Cheney is like, yeah, but see, by taking your power, I motivated you to come and kill the Charmed Ones. Therefore, their wishes killed them. And I'm watching this going, well... <laughs> they, they were gonna send him by himself initially this is just this is just the dragon warlock killing the charmed ones with extra steps he should have well, he does point out that you know hey one of the charmed ones is more vulnerable than the other ones now and maybe you should go after her which i mean you could yep. have just walked up and strangled phoebe to death if that's your logic but... <laughs> should never see it coming so Daryl calls the house and Phoebe's like, what's up, Daryl? And Daryl's like, you are. <laughs> you are. Yes, the the deputy mayor's wife told me that there was a brunette woman flying around the park. And I was like, I'm so happy that these calls get rooted to me now. Yeah, I'm Thank sure... you, Hollowell sisters. I'm so glad that's my reputation now. So basically, Daryl's just doing this thing to get him into the episode because he's in the credits. Right. So... Prue has left the house, and the sisters, the, her sisters realize they have to go find her because she's probably gone off to seek the worst guy she could possibly find. And, and this is when they mention that previously she dated a guy so bad that she got attacked, which is some real victim-blaming BS, Brad Kern. Mm. This is the guy that Graham's apparently killed, which, good, but... But also, that implies that, like... It's on her for dating bad guys. And also that... I, also that you could know what kind of guy you're dealing with right away. That, like, no one's an abuser unless you know. Hmm. Like... It, it's not good. It's all, it's all bad. Yeah. So, 
they're heading out to go find Teen Prue when there's a knock at the door, and uh-oh, it's old Dan. Apparently, part of getting on with his life was turning him into a very old man. His life got all the way on moved. Maybe this was the point in his life where he would have naturally actually moved on from Piper. (laughs) He's just obsessed with her for years until, you know, he turns this old and then he's like, yeah, eh, you know what? Never mind. That was dumb. It was dumb of me to have spent my whole life obsessing about the girl next door. So we cut to Prue in the car and she picks up the dragon warlock because we're nearing act three. Yes. So Piper tries calling Prue on the phone, and... Phoebe's like, she's not even going to know what a cell phone is. And Piper's like, I think she'll be able to recognize a ringing phone and put two and two together. Come Would on. she? Yeah, I don't know. That, hmm. So... And then Piper's all like, oh, it's all my fault that Dan is old now. It's like, no, it's not. It's not your fault that he decided to go snooping in Leo's life. It's not your fault that a genie is stalking you. Like, no. And she's all like, oh, if he wasn't involved with me, none of this would be happening to Dan. This is my plot where I am feeling bad about being a witch. Oh, good. This is the part where women must bear the... The suffering for the sins of the men around them. And Phoebe's like, yeah, that's that's great, Piper, but Prue's about to be killed by a dragon warlock. Maybe we should get on that. No one cares about your stupid old dead boyfriend. All right, so I'm going to say this is where the serious trigger warning comes in. Uh, if you're uncomfortable with discussions of sexual assault, you might want to skip ahead. What? Five minutes? We should probably be done by five minutes. But... Yeah, we're just going to kind of breeze over this scene real quick but you know to be on the safe side yeah yeah all right so teen prue and the dragon warlock are parking because apparently they also went back in time to the 50s sure yeah i mean to be to be fair having sex in cars is an american tradition that defies time but also it it does feel archaic yeah it's it does it does I This is this is not what what is meant by girls liking bad boys. Prue's all like, "Oh, why are my sisters scared of you?" Like that's not Cuz he tried to murder them in front of you. He shot fire out of his mouth. That's not what's sexy. That's god. I just I hate Brad Kern so much right here. And this is like the definition of gratuitous because then they start kissing and then he reaches over and tries to choke her and, and starts choking her. And it's very intense and it's very inappropriate to have such a heavy scene in the middle of the French Stewart Genie episode. This is, and also, this is charmed. I mean, we're not into the cartoony bullshit seasons quite yet. But this is not a show that tackles real-world stuff at all. Yeah, you haven't earned the gravitas to do this scene, and also, you're not doing it well. And also, it doesn't make sense in context. It would make so much more sense if Team Prue had run off to, say, like, if she had been reckless and had run off to 
for some other reason. Like this. Also, it should be Phoebe. Oh. She's the one who always goes for the bad boys. Mm. Right. I mean, also, it should be Phoebe. But I just this is the definition of gratuitous. Also, also, he he's he needs to kill her. That's it. He just needs to kill her. Why why do the whole like oh we're actually hooking up except now I'm gonna strangle you have a knife you breathe you, fire you breathe fire what is the point of the whole cat and mouse game do you, do you not know how every other demon who's come across the charmed ones has been horribly killed by them like this doesn't seem like the sort of thing where oh uh-huh, but I'm gonna have a little fun no do do you have a job. Also, if the Underworld had HR, I feel like this is the sort of thing they'd get called in for, but I guess they probably don't. No, probably not. So, Prue does get away, and she runs off, and then French Stewart Cheney is like, wait, are you gonna hurt her? What, what did you think was gonna happen? What, what are you, what is even happening in this episode? I, I feel like I mean, I know we say this a lot. This really feels like it could have used a couple more drafts. Because what did French Stewart Jeannie think? Uh, you, I heard screams. You're not hurting her, are you? Eh? I, I don't know. I don't know. What did you think the plan was? Meanwhile, old Dan. Yeah, back at the manor, Piper's like, Hey, old Dan. So sorry that you got caught up in my witchy bullshit. By the way, I'm a witch. I'm a witch, and Leo actually did die, and he came back as an angel. Uh, Okay. Okay, I know we talked about earlier how this really doesn't seem like it is negatively affecting the Charmed Ones, although God knows what the, uh, God knows what French Stewart Genie intended, but, like... I mean, I guess it's negatively affecting Piper in that she's sad that Dan is old or she's distracted from the Prue crisis by old Dan. Yeah, she's she's so eaten up by guilt and also dealing with this Dan bullshit that she's not participating in dealing with the dragon warlock. Although, honestly, saying that Dan is distracting Piper from what she needs to be focused on I don't feel like that's something that French Stewart Genie gets to take credit for. I think there was a fairly solid chance of Dan just dying of old age in his house and Piper never finding out about it. Oh, I thought you were going to say there was a fairly large chance of Dan coming and mucking things up whether or not he was aging rapidly. Oh, yeah. Honestly, there's a lot of ways you could have danned up the situation. (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, upstairs, Phoebe grabs her... It's her address book, right? Yeah, I think, yeah. And then she has a premonition, like, completely unrelated to anything she's doing. Isn't that not how her premonitions work? I mean, usually they work by her touching the person that the bad thing is going to happen to, but I feel Or a thing associated with it. Yeah, like, I feel like it's generally at least kind of related, but... She has a premonition of French Stewart Jeannie's vase rolling under a wicker couch in their sunroom. Mm-hmm. And she's like, huh. Right? I mean, this is a real, like... Th- this is really the powers that be being like, oh my god, we have to make her premonitions really important this week or she's gonna whine about not having an act of power really hard. If only you had kept developing the whole future site thing, because it was really useful for a while in season one. 
you know, when she could hold on visions and trigger visions. Yeah, it's weird. We talked in, in weeks past about how Phoebe is the one who is the most kind of focused on witchcraft. And she's the one who, like, knows how to craft a spell. And she's the one who cares about the research. But also, she's the one who works on like, flexing her powers and, like, developing them the least of the others. Yeah, it's weird how in a part of season one, anyway, she could do all of these things with her powers that we never see her do later. I mean, I know she gets different powers and it's not really... I mean, maybe they realize that if premonitions could be controlled, like, if you could control when you got them... They actually are very powerful and maybe they too are powerful. They're kind of breaking, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, if you can I mean, control... Phoebe's not super bright. That would probably. Uh, That's not a... fair. She, she is. She can whip up spells like. Yeah. That it is true. It's not fair. It's not that she's not bright, it's that she's not focused. Right. Or when she is focused, it's on god awful, stupid romance bullshit, but. I can't wait to talk about Cole. I I seriously cannot. I mean, I was thinking about her column, but yes, Cole. Oh, God, her column. Oh, man. Oh, Phoebe. Phoebe, they lead you so far astray. So she doesn't have time to think about what the significance of her premonition might be. Because we get a call from Prue, who's like, Oh my god, Piper! He's trying to kill me! Also, I don't think he's human! He, you saw him breathing fire. I, I just... I, I, I mean, did she get rushed out of the room before the fire breathing happened, or... No, no? she didn't. Okay, so they have to go to the park and find Prue. Piper tells to meet them at the lake where their dad used to take them fishing so is this the point where we've officially moved to new dad who they don't have any issues with so that was the point where i was like oh i get it this is a repilot because now he's now he's victor bennett he's not victor hallowell anymore he's victor bennett good guy who grams magically forced to not see his daughters for like 20 years which makes sense because in this episode they also said that grams killed a guy so they're kind of rewriting grams's character too i mean not Uh, a lot Uh, okay 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 that's a stretch but yeah so so phoebe's gonna fly around the park looking for prue and uh the demon they've been driving around so long it's now morning I mean, to be fair, Piper said that it was going to be sunrise soon when she was on the phone with Prue, but... But it's, like, full-on noon. Yeah, like... How, how long has this been going on? I I don't know. I'm, I'm distracted by the fact that even though they sent Phoebe up to fly around and look for Prue, like, she appears instantly. Mostly because she's running out of the woods going, No! No! It's a trap! And... French Stewart Genie grabs Piper so Piper can't freeze the dragon warlock who grabs Prue. And then he stabs her, which he could have done when they were in the car together. This is all so unnecessary. So many extra steps. So Prue is now teen Prue. I should I should clarify because for some reason this is important. Teen Prue is uh pretty stabbed, probably dead. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those neat TV stab wounds. There's not, like, a ton of blood or anything, but... 
They realize they have to get her back to the manor so that Leo can heal her. Oh, oh no, if only you could call Leo and then he would appear in places where you were. Right, right. Leo is their white lighter. Supposedly when they're in trouble and they call for him, he hears it and can orb to them so they don't have to drive all the way back to the manor. But no, no, I guess not. Mm. Also, just French Stewart, Jeannie, and the warlock kind of let them go. Yeah, like... I mean, I, I get French Stewart, Jeannie is horrified by the fact that Prue got stabbed because he didn't think that the defeating the Charmed Ones would involve killing them. I, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, they get Prue back to the uh, manor, and Leo can't heal her because he can't heal the dead except for Piper that one time. But yeah, yeah. she was between life and death. Well, no, no. I mean, he he broke the rules to heal her. Let's let's be clear here. He he went to the place between life and death and like pulled her soul back into her. I feel like Prue is probably past that point, though. I mean. Mm. Piper was in the act of dying. Prue was probably dead when she got stabbed and then was apparently in the car for several hours because that's how long it takes to get to this park, I guess. So French Stewart Genie has arrived because he feels super bad about all this. Uh-oh, his bad. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Oops, all teen Shannon Doherty corpses. And he says, you know, he, he just wanted to be free, which, you know, that's legit. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And. It's really his bad that she's dead. But, hey, if he goes back into the bottle, then all of the wishes will be undone. And Prue will come back to life because only her teen self was murdered and not her adult self. Look, I have watched enough time travel stories if your teen self dies guess what your adult self isn't alive anymore yeah okay so there the sisters don't trust him but leo's like i mean Prue's already dead i mean what, what do you've we really literally have to got lose nothing here? to lose so french stewart genie voips back into the bottle It's, it's, it's very dramatic. And Phoebe realizes she can no longer fly, and... Dan's not old anymore. He's just been on the couch in the background <laughs> while all of this goes down. Old I Dan. almost, I almost feel bad for Dan. And Prue's body changes in that now she no longer has braces or bangs, and also her clothes change into her adult clothes out of her teen clothes, even though that part doesn't make any sense, but I... Fine. Whatever. But she is still dead, so, you know, good on them. That conclusion they jumped to made no sense. I'm glad that didn't work out. Although I suppose it is, you know, sad that Prue is dead. Yeah, yeah. So, genies can raise the dead, because this is not Aladdin. This isn't Disney's Aladdin. Mm -hmm. So they're like, oh, okay, well, we'll just rub the lamp and get the genie out and wish that she was alive. But, uh-oh, the dragon warlock hilariously flies through the window, jumps on Piper, and kind of throws her into one of those wicker chairs. And the vase with the genie in it goes flying underneath the wicker couch, but nobody sees that happen. So, 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 so Phoebe has to rely on the premonition she had earlier. She's like, wait, 
I know this. Earlier, I saw where it went with my premonition powers. It's under the couch. Yeah, Leo says, do you see where the vase went? And Phoebe's like, not in real life. But luckily, that unrelated premonition... Her premonitions are as powerful as eyes. You can just look around the room and find the vase. It's not small. Her power is being good at looking. God. So, yeah, Leo orbs over to the couch to grab the the urn. And the dragon warlock breathes fire. And Dan sees it. So now Dan knows about which powers. Although I guess he forgot about everything he was told while he was old. Yeah, Leo puts his, uh, it's weird how, I mean, I get it, you, because when he first got his powers back, he used them to attack that dark lighter, but I guess white lighters aren't generally allowed to attack, so he kind of, like, just orbs behind the dragon warlock and is like, nah, 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 you can't breathe fire at me, and then when he turns around, Phoebe slides into the room on her knees and grabs the vase, and French Stewart genies it up, wishes Prue back from the dead, and then they do a power of three spell to kill, uh, the dragon warlock. They do. They do the. They do the original power of three spell. The power of three shall set us free. So I guess that's the standard power of three vanquish. Yeah. Like they could probably use that on a lot of other demons. I'm guessing. Probably. So then Piper goes over to talk to Dan, and he's like, "No, I don't want to talk to you. This is terrible." I saw a guy breathe fire. How how could anything be as bad as that? Demon woman. Demon woman. He says, I wish I never saw that. I never, I couldn't imagine the world held such horrors. Oh my God, dude. I hope he never goes to a circus. Dan, you need to calm down. And he tells her, he's like, he's like, okay, so I'm like Daryl in that I don't want to know. Except, unlike actual Daryl, I legitimately don't want to know. Please do not tell me anything. Please do not talk to me. Don't look at me. I'm going to spend the rest of my life living in the basement of a monastery, dousing myself in holy water and crying. What a dick. Alright, back at the manor, the French steward genie is like, giving the ominous wrap-up where he's like, Alright, you escaped the council this time and that's great, but... They're going to come looking for you, and there's definitely going to be things you're going to have to deal with down the line. Again, this is pilot language. It's very bizarre, and Phoebe's like, it's good to know that there's some greater purpose to us doing this, which, what? Demons trying to higher level demons trying to kill you is the greater purpose? What? Also... When she says, like, oh, I, I guess, it, when she says that, Leo says, ah, it's careful what you wish for. And Phoebe's like, listen, I am a reformed wishaholic. She didn't wish for shit. That was a total cheat. What, what do you mean you're a, re- what do you, what is happening? Maybe she's regretting wishing Prue back to life. Damn. Also, I feel like they're very lucky because they burn another wish. Piper burns another wish on having neighbor Dan actually, you know, get over everything that happened. Except no funny business this time. And the genie's like, sure, okay. Yeah, did, did you know that you could just say, 
no funny business at the end of your wishes and then there would be no funny business? I mean, honestly, I feel like you could have just left Dan neurotic and horrified by you. But whatever. Fine peace of mind. And their last wish is that French Stewart Genie becomes human. But for realsies this time, not like before when he granted all of their wishes and then became human, kind of. Because they talk about him being human and not being able to be tracked by the council anymore because they could only track him when he was a genie, but they tracked him. Okay, so, yeah, I think he just lost his powers, but he was still a genie, and therefore the council was still able to track him. Then why was he but why like was that? he able to enjoy food? Yes! That should have been left out of the scene. It, we should have gotten a scene, like, if we needed that, we should have gotten it later of him enjoying food. That that should be a payoff for this, where he becomes... Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> yeah, so... He grants their wishes, and very luckily, Prue does not drop dead, because, I don't know, this, I guess it isn't technically putting the genie back in the bottle, so the wishes are undone, but... Yeah, no, he's permanently out of the bottle. The wishes are forever. Okay. So, Neighbor Dan is over it, but I guess he's still moving? Yeah, that's how over it he is. He's still got the job offer in Portland. Ugh want you here neighbor dan he's gonna he's gonna come here and harass portland witches for a while and french stewart genie goes off to get a job and eat food and have sex and such yep he's gonna impregnate vicky dubchek and then she's gonna give birth to jenna maroney that's correct that was a 30 rock reference and, and a third, third rock. rock reference yeah so anyway leo gets the call from the elders that they need to see him and Piper's like, take me with you. I want to see your bosses. It's definitely a good idea to bring me to work meetings. Remember the one line earlier in the episode that this is apparently building off of where she was like, it's so unfair that you've been watching me since I was a baby and yet I know nothing about your life. Like, this this is, this is following up on that where she's going to learn all about his life by going up to White Lighter Land with him. Although... Isn't his thing mostly just that he helps other witches? So wouldn't it just be him taking her on missions with him? Like, I, I didn't imagine him actually spending that much time in White Lighter Land, but okay. Well, I think she just wants to get an idea of the elders so that later when he's like, oh, I can't do that because the elders said it's against the rule, she knows that that's true and not just him coming up with bullshit. Also... This is apparently supposed to be a cliffhanger because the next season opens on it being a couple of months and Piper still being, you know, in White Lighter Land. Yeah. It doesn't really feel like it's supposed to be a cliffhanger to me, but okay. No, not to me either. And then this episode ends, as all season episodes end, with Prue using her powers to close the door of the manor. Mm. So... That's it for season two. Woof. It's I'm... weird. For a lot of this season, we were like, wow, Charmed is a lot better than we remember. Yeah, like we were on such a run of good episodes. And I don't know if you could tell by how much time we spent actively not talking about this episode. But, like, this one was really rough. And it's it's not a terrible concept. But they don't really lean into the comedy enough, which you think they would with, you know the guest star and mm -hmm. the premise 
and the drama all falls horribly, horribly flat. So, what a sadly weak note to end a surprisingly strong season on. Yeah, no, you're right. This episode had a real issue with being not one thing or the other. But it did get us one step closer to Cole, so... Yay! Yay! So that is it for this episode, and that's it for season two. And I guess we'll we'll wrap up with our segments. Yeah, yeah. We will dip into our own power of three. Uh, Let's check the first power in our pack, Premonition. Who, I- who in this episode is, was, or will become famous? Okay, it's, it's French Stewart. Right, yeah. French Stewart, who is, I think, most well-known for his role as French Stewart impersonator on Community. Oh, I was going to say Inspector Gadget in the sequel to Inspector Gadget, Inspector Gadget 2. When Matthew Broderick was like, Haha, there's no way in hell I'm coming back for this. <laughs> no, but seriously, obviously French Stewart is most known for Third Rock from the Sun. Although he was pretty everywhere for a while there. He was. They were really pushing him as, like, the a guy. person. Yeah. yeah. Which, I like French Stewart fine. Yeah. I have no major issues with him. Even uh, even in this episode, which is so painful, I feel like it's mostly the script that's the problem and not, not, the, not the actor. Do you think they knew it was going to be French Stewart all the time? Like... Yeah, I do. I, it feels like they wrote it for him. Okay, because there were bits where I'm like, this feels really written for him, and there were bits where I was like, is it? Like, the bits where they're like, oh, he's sympathetic, and you're know, playing on his comedic chops more, I'm like, uh. But this is, this is one of the first ones that we actually watched a preview for. We did. I just, I, I posted it on our Twitter feed, too, because I just had to know what the preview for this looked like i want to start watching the previews more for this because it's a very interesting screenshot into what that particular time period was like but i I know they even they even had a big with special guest star from third rock from the suns french stewart so i feel like this is kind of the first stunt casting they've had because they've had famous people before david carradine felt like stunt casting but yeah this is probably definitely more more of that. Yeah. I, I just, I, I can't imagine them doing previews where they'll, like, and David Carradine is Tempest, the demon of time. You're right, they probably didn't do that. But, yeah, French Stewart's the big one. Anyone else? I mean, it seemed like the sort of, uh, like, the guys in the council were probably the old guys in a lot of stuff, because that's how old actors work. Um, yeah, but they were all, like, hooded figures, so, no, I, I don't think there was any other big or thing we need to bring up name. here. Yeah. yeah. So that'll bring us to our second segment, Time Freeze. What specifically dated this episode for you? Okay, I know this is cheating. I know this is cheating, but thinking that a character less than a decade from the past would not know what a cell phone is. Yes, that was mine, too. You're right, that's cheating, but that was definitely mine, too. Like, uh, it, it, they, they had cell phones in the 90s. They had cell phones in the 80s, honestly. I mean, they were bricks, but, like, there's no way that someone from, how old is Look, the Char- Look, the Charm Sisters, I feel like, are about my age. And when I was a, a tween, the Zach Morris brick phone was a thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the big one that uh God. 
Uh, I guess that'll take us to our uh, last segment. Telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you this episode? Nothing. I mean, did you have, did you have anything? I, I get what moments were supposed to land. Like the scene where French Stewart Jeannie was talking about how special being human was to Phoebe and how he wanted to run through the grass and eat a cheeseburger and have sex with someone. And I'm like, I get it. This is the big emotional moment. But French Stewart's probably not the person you go to for big emotional moments. I mean, if I had to choose a moment from this episode... It would actually probably be a French Stewart moment. It was probably the French Stewart moment when he comes back and, and and is feeling guilty about getting everybody killed. Like, that that genuine remorse, like, reminds you that French Stewart is a legitimate thespian. <laughs> well, he's convincing as the character. Like, the character beats hit. It's just the writing was really bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would believe that this is a sympathetic character. He's a trickster spirit who messes with people. And then he realizes that something he's done has gone too far. And that's legitimate, but it's just not super reflected in the text. So, uh, can we talk about our secret fourth power? Uh, You mean astral projection? What was so cringeworthy it made you want to physically leave your body? Well, appropriately enough, it was every single thing having to do with Teenage Prue. Oh my god. And this is a well they will go to repeatedly throughout the show. We'll get kid versions of characters as played by adults. We get, you know, adults playing their teen selves. And it is always awkward. It's always bad. The fairy episode has some good ideas behind it, but the fact that you have to have a child's mind to see a fairy means that you get... Oh, God! Yeah. That's going to be another episode where we astral project through the majority of it. Yeah. I'd totally forgotten about that one. But Teen Prue, I mean, honestly, part of it is that it's a huge, huge continuity gap. I know, even though she's the respected, you know, the, the one who had all the responsibilities... She still could have had a rebellious phase, but it really feels out of character for Prue. And But listen, continuity issues aside, it's just like pure cringe. Uh, the it, it, hurt, it hurts to watch. Oh, mm. the way I feel like it probably would hurt to watch your 17-year-old self. That is accurate, yes. So I think that does it for this week. Yeah, I think that'll about do it. So next time we're going to be doing Season 3, Episode 1. While Piper and Leo are away for a month seeing the Elders, Prue and Phoebe must face a series of demons known as Guardians, who help mortal murderers go free in exchange for the souls of their victim. And Phoebe falls in love with the district attorney, Cole Turner! Yay! Oh my god! When I said that we were one episode closer to Cole, I didn't know how... One episode closer we were. Oh my god, Cole! Oh, oh, this is going to be really exciting. I'm so excited. Oh my god. Alright, until next time. Mm -hmm. Our show is partially listener supported. If you want to be one of our supporters, you should head to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd also like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Maracruz, Rosa, Javier, Benjamin, Kyle, Kate, and Jen. 
If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode or any episode or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television. We can also be contacted at I love TV zines on Twitter or at I love television zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Hallowell Manor. Thank you.